Listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm Matt Weston tonight. I'm joined by the ankles to my Carson Wentz, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight, man? Did you say the ankles to your Carson Wentz? Yes. Is happening that I'm sprained? Yeah. Are you trying to say I'm not good enough for you that I can't hold up? You just had a tough day today. You're a little sprained right now. Man, listen, going golfing is the hardest thing on planet Earth because it's all about being able to sustain yourself. How much beer can you possibly drink while still being able to shoot a decent score? That is the riddle that everybody wants to solve. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like Mac Jones compared to Tom Brady. Like Mac Jones is, is Tom Brady after 27 beers. <laughs> is that what New England fans do? They just drink themselves into oblivion until they can see Tom. Yeah, until the, the four becomes a 12. Look at him. He's right there. No, it's just Mac dumping it down. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about New England because we're going to talk about Houston today, too. I guess he's number 10. Um, so I want to talk about Jameis first. So last week, the Saints what? lost to... Well, I have a big idea here. Last what? week, the Saints lost to the New York Giants at home. And like watching Jameis and the Saints offense has made me better appreciate what Drew Brees did. And like I know Michael Thomas isn't playing, they don't have receivers or whatever. But just as far as like Brees' ability to just be like just like run like a a chain moving, like consistent offense where he's able to just like hit throws with his brain, you know? And so like watching Jameis in a similar offense where like the difference between the two is like kind of golf compared to Stafford where you know, Jameis could hit the downfield passes, but they don't really have the talent to be able to allow like, Jameis to do that. So instead, like Winston's having to run this like quick passing offense, and he's just missing open throws. Like He just sees stuff like like a second too late, and that's the difference between a completion and incompletion. And like, Whereas like with Breeze, you know, he would know right away every time where exactly get, put the ball, get out quick, and be able to hit those open receivers. And you see the same thing with Jameis, and he's just a little too slow. Like, the brain's not as sharp as Drew's, and they don't have the wide receiver talent to really take advantage of, you know, his great arm and his deep throwing ability, which is, like, kind of the idea of what would unlock this offense, but they just don't have the receivers to do it. Like, there's Callaway, there's Harris, uh, there's Dewan Johnson, but none of these guys are, like, impact downfield receivers. The hell are you talking about right now? Well, what are we even doing? Saying that, oh, Jameis can't register it quicker than Drew Brees. Can the ball get there and double it the amount of It doesn't matter because exactly. the, the, brain, the brain moves faster than the ball. It doesn't matter. Okay. No matter what you're saying to me right now, if you're talking Drew Brees three years ago, sure, I'll give it to you. Two years and less? Okay. Yeah, I'm just, talking about, I'm just talking about even two Our, years ago. Last year was Brees' bad year, his worst year. But even two years ago, it's a noticeable difference. The brain moves faster than the football does. Like, watch but, the Saints. You get, like, you see Jameis have open receivers – and he just he's looking he doesn't see it on time or he has to see it 
and then by the time it makes the ball makes the throw, the zone coverage collapses on it's incomplete. Whereas like with Breeze, like that's a completion, and it's seven yards, and it's easy. And they're consistently having positive run or positive passing plays. There's just so many different. There's so many more incompletions with Jameis at quarterback than compared to whenever Drew is there. Yeah, I'm not gonna really like stop you on the Jameis hating train because I know that this is your boy, and I know that this hurts you actually having to say these things. But for me, I'm just so the opposite right now. Give Jameis somebody, and then we'll talk. Unless That's, but he that you're, but like you're distorting what the argument I'm trying to make is. So well, no, I'm just no, no, talking no. about like his ability as a quick passer. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah, well, and they I, don't have the receiver to open up downfield. He's just not confident in anybody he has. So no, that's it's why not. He's it's not a confidence thing. He's just not as intelligent as Drew Brees, who's one of the smartest quarterbacks ever play. Brees had a completion percentage of seventy percent last year. In two thousand nineteen, it was seventy four point three percent. You know, it is with Jameis right now. It's sixty four percent. I'm not. I'm not listening to this. If we're talking about Drew Brees and comparing him to Jameis last year, this isn't what I'm going to want to talk about. This is now a new quarterback. Having to learn and be the starter, it's also he was a guy there last who, year. He's still come on. How but many like, times? But you're you're still distorting the argument. Try and make all I'm saying is that it doesn't matter how long in the offense he's been there at all whatsoever. That doesn't matter at all. All I'm saying is that Breeze with his brain knows where the open receiver is, hits it before it's open, and they're able to have a 70 percent completion percentage last year and 74 percent the year before that, and. Winston's at 64% right now, and they just don't have the receiving talent for him to be able to hit the passes downfield, which is the difference between the two. So like, yeah, you're I, seeing Jameis and Breeze's offense, but he doesn't have the brain to pull it off. I think Jameis is just fine right now. I'm going to wait to judge him. He doesn't I'm not, I, did I say he's bad? I never said he's bad. I think he is just fine right now. But you love Drew Breeze. I'm not saying how much I love him at all. I'm saying I have a better appreciation for what he did in the same yeah. offense. That's not the same thing. It's not even close to the same thing. But I I am interested. I'm not down on Jameis at all whatsoever. I'm just saying, like, without the wide receiver talent he has right now, their offense is kind of stuck, and they don't have any big plays at all. Uh, Their biggest play was, like, a screen pass, you know. Uh, Last week, he was able to, like, hit whatever. He had that one deep play action pass touchdown. He had another one that was turned down because of holding penalty, too. They just don't have the receiving talent, you know, and so until we see that, like, we don't really know what we have in Jameis. I'm not saying Jameis is bad. I'm not saying it's not working out in New Orleans whatsoever. I just have a better, like, appreciation for, like, what these, like, slow, smart quarterbacks can do in the pocket just because of how well their brains work and how fast they're able to see reads, you know. So you're just turned on by the intelligence right now is all that I'm hearing. I'm not so, turned on we- at all whatsoever. There's Turn nothing. I'm not, this is not like a. I'm so excited about this or whatever. I'm not turned on right now by watching Drew Brees, Drew Brees throw four yard passes. I'm just saying like I was so down and hated Brees so much for the last three years that now I have a better like I have a better appreciation for what he did before. After watching like Jameis struggle trying to do the same thing right now. All right, so then let me throw something back at you then, because again, I'm I'm just not gonna say that Jameis till we got something. But let me ask you, so. To your point, it's more like a Tom Brady type feel where Tom Brady didn't have anybody in New England, and so you more appreciate what the guy was able to do with that garbage of a team. Versus, let me ask you this: Do you think then that that makes you kind of underappreciate Big Ben? Big, but he's always have receiving talent, though. But that's my point. Like he's always had great receivers. But yet he doesn't look good. Yeah, that's what I mean. But Big Ben's different because he should have retired two years ago. 
Yeah, exactly. Where him lasting out this long, that's exactly what I want to bring up. Him lasting this long makes you kind of underappreciate him versus what you're saying right now with Drew Brees leaving, you kind of miss the guy. You kind of appreciate him more of what he was able to do. Big Ben's going the opposite way here. And whenever you're saying like the Brees, because you think that maybe the experience is why those guys are just so much smarter than a person like Winston, who is now going to be the starter going forward. For me, he just has to be able to get used to it. I just like the comparison because it's funny because it just seems like Big Ben is kind of like tarnishing yeah, but himself. He, but he, Ben never won with his brain, though. Like He was never like, oh, he's just smarter than the other defense. He just won by being like just a big enormous monster he couldn't take down with a big arm and had some like some like had some ability to move around the pocket too. You know, like he wasn't like outplaying you in chess at all. You call him dumb. He can't outplay you in chess. He can just stand there and take a hit. Yeah. That's all he's good for. He's an elephant back there. Uh um, all right. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, the reason why the Saints lost that game, though, was because of James. It was because Marshawn Lattimore was really bad last week and just, like, gave up a walk-in touchdown to Saquon Barkley. Um, Adebo, you know, was burned twice pretty good. They have that big touchdown pass to John Ross, too. And just, like, the safety wasn't staying on top of their balls, and their cornerback play isn't that good. And I like Adebo as, like, a, a third-round cornerback, but he's probably better like a cover-three defense than playing individual man coverage, though. But the, the Saints didn't yeah. lose last week because of James, though. No, no, I agree. And it just seems like with the play call, in, uh, whenever you're having just no wide receivers, that it's all they're doing is like run, run, throw the ball 50 yards. Yeah, and, and, they, and McCoy's this... out right now too. So they're having yeah. to play Ruiz at center instead, and they have to throw Campton playing at left guard. He's not very good at it. And like Their run game's fine. They just don't break any big runs though. And like Their big runs last week came on those power, those quarterback counter plays in the red zone. Where Tamus was able to, you know, break like four tackles and score in those situations too. Um, so I, every year, you know, we talk about there's always a a, a a bad fun team that I always love a lot. And this year for me, it's the New York Jets. Uh, I feel like you're just. I mean, well, I called this. I said that they were actually interesting this year, and it's well, I talked about them last week too, and like it was really solidified watching them last week. I'm gonna say. Are you just really excited because of the win last weekend? Also, I'm at an Anthony Perkser right now. But Corey Davis beating his team, I love. I feel like that's just like the nice little wave, like, hey, I miss you. Yeah, especially without having any receivers on the other side. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So I do like it all the way around. I just, I like what they're doing only because Wilson's arm, Wilson's just so impressive to me. And I think that's where the Jets are going in the right direction. Because if you compare it to Darnold, for example, Darnold, you never feel like had like a real shot. So you always wanted to see him with a good team around him. Wilson, I think, is something that can be something special. I think he's a little bit different with that type of cannon, man. He's got like a Herbert arm. I love it. Yeah, I think so too. And it's like, with Wilson, compared to the rest of the rookie quarterbacks, there's at least, like, flashes. And, like, Trevor Lawrence has had some really good flashes, too. Like, he's made some throws that were, you know, get your get your underwear a little moist, you know. But I think Wilson's probably had, like, the wettest throws, you know, so far this season out of the rookie quarterbacks. And, like, I think we kind of know what Mac Jones is going to be. I don't think we know, really know what Fields is going to be. Uh, you know, we're going to see what Trey Lance has in store here pretty quickly especially his rookie year in this offense that can scheme the run for him really well. But as far as just like splash plays and then you kind of like neuter like the, the bad stuff out there, I think Wilson by far has been like the most fun rookie quarterback to watch. I think he's been the best one so far too. 
it's just nice to be able to see the Jets at least having a guy where you can kind of see something being able to happen because that win last week was huge. I mean, it may have ended up being like a boring game to try to feel like who's going to score the last few points, but it was still just a solid game all around. And the fact that Wilson's able to pull it out, because that was on the road, I believe. And whenever they're they're, they were at home. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was in Tennessee. Well, maybe it's not that impressive, but still I'll give him that credit. I was hoping it was on the road. I need a big road win out of this team. Well, it was also, it made me sad because Ryan Tannehill put like an absolute dime on Anthony Ferkser and uh, just an awful drop, you know, like wide open in the slot. It kind of reminded me of a pass where Brock Osweiler threw against the Colts in overtime on Thursday Night Football. The same throw, like the tie in the slot, puts over the safety, and Ryan Griffin hung on to score, whereas Ferkser dropped in last week. And that's why the Titans lost that game was that, you know, Ferkser couldn't hold on, and then Randy Bullock missed the game-tying field goal. But, you know, like, it's any given Sunday, and sometimes you need some mess to win a game. But the other thing I like about the Jets, too, is they don't have a cornerback older than 25. They're starting the outside. Marcus May may be better than Jamal Adams after they trade Jamal Adams, too. Their defensive lines has been really incredible Quincy Willi- with Quinton Williams, with Sam Fadokasi, with John Franklin Myers, and Shaq Lawson's not very good, but he's there. And, like, if Carl Lawson was healthy, this may have been, you know, one of the top five best defensive lines in the NFL, too. And, like, Becton's actually, like, wants to play a little bit now. Elijah Vera Tucker is my favorite uh, rookie offensive player this year, their left guard. Just been excellent pass protection, great in the outside zone game. I like Michael Carter a lot, too. And they're just fun. Like, they don't, like, that New England game kind of sucked, but those interceptions were on Wilson's throw. There's a lot of, like, like tip passes and stuff. But he didn't, I mean, he just played man coverage, though, and blitzed him. He still always does something to rookies. I don't know what it is. I agree. It wasn't anything special. It's just Bill always does something to rookie QBs where it just feels like it's mean the entire time. Because somehow they struggle the most against Bill every time. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I I was just watching. It's like they're not doing a whole lot here. But it's just yeah. a lot of times you see a quarterback on his back foot and there's pressure. And rather than take the sack, they just kind of throw some in the middle of the field. That's where bad things happen. And you kind of saw that that game. There's also a couple of plays, too, where you know passes were tipped and led to interceptions or near interceptions as well. So I know I like watching him play a lot. Like, he, at least he pushes the ball downfield, and I'm always a sucker for that. I get tired of watching these, like, hyper-efficient passing attacks where it's, like, seven yards over and over again. Like, we talked about Drew Brees earlier. That's what that was. And so I always love guys that actually push the ball downfield. Completely agree with you. And the fact where now you have a guy. So let me ask you this. Do you think you're kind of more pumped because the New York Jets are going to actually start winning games, which then increases the Houston Texans chances of getting the number one pick? Is that why you're really excited? No, I don't care if they win games. <laughs> what? Well, you got- the, the projections right now, it goes Jacksonville got- one, Detroit what? two, and then Houston three for the number one pick. What? The Texans have oh. an easier schedule than Detroit does. I uh, Well, for me, Detroit's going to win a game. That's easy. They're always in it every single game, and you guys love the Motor City, Dan Campbell. But I'm actually more shocked the Jags, really? Nobody thinks they're going to win a game? Well, they're both – also, as part of it, too, those are the last 0-4 teams left. It's Detroit and Jacksonville, and so they have a leg up, you know. Oh, I got you. Okay, I got your overall point. I just want to also comment on one thing. I don't think I've ever seen – so many Houston Texans fans just react the way I see them react to Randy Bullock. Just missing yeah. a field. It seems like that all the Houston Texans just come out of the woodwork just to say, look at 
Matt Bullock missing another field goal. It's the funniest thing on planet Earth. Nobody said a word all day. Moment Bullock comes up. Look at all the Houston fans ready to go. It's like the only thing that we can all agree upon is not liking Randy Bullock. (laughs) Because he was like the fat kicker from A&M. He was never good. And I understand why he keeps getting kicking jobs too. Like like last year he was kicking for Cincinnati. He missed like a game-winning field goal against the Bengals for like the divisional championship and didn't win that game later on. Um, and that was the last year he was there. But like they, I talked, I joked around before, but that game against Cincinnati last season in week one against the Chargers, he missed the field goal and then he faked injury afterwards. That's good. It was like a 27-yard field goal. Well, I mean, if you miss a 27-yard field goal, you better have a freaking reason. Because if you don't, then all of a sudden you're fired and then you don't have a job. So going down with injury, I feel like that was a smart play to do. Yeah, and, and the Titans love like picking up old Texans players, too. Like their tackles were Kennel Lamb and uh, David Questenberry for a little bit. You know, they, they picked up Jonathan Joseph off waivers. He was there for a little while. They got Clowney there. They just love picking up guys like that. Um, but Bullock played for the Jets. Then he played for the Giants and Steelers all in the same year, was kicked, was cut from both those teams, then signed with Cincinnati, stayed in Cincinnati until 2020 when he was cut uh, for having a field goal percentage of 80%. And then now he's there in Tennessee where his field goal percentage is 80%. And uh, he is not very good at all. Oh my god, listening to Texas fans talking about Bullock, this is the greatest, because I would have no idea nor care about Randy Bullock unless it was because of this podcast and the Houston Texans fans and their reaction towards this man. But the fact that he's 80%, so he played for three teams in one year, is that what you said? Yeah, after the Texans cut him. He played for three teams in a year the following year. So do you think, like, on the third team that picks him up, Oh, you know what? He's fine. You know what? Those other teams. Well, it's, it's it. like your kicker gets hurt, and you need somebody, and we're like, oh, I see. guess we'll call the fat guy up. He's uh, a the- he, he's also five foot nine, two hundred ten pounds. Good God! Yeah. So he's my size, but like eighty pounds more. Yes, but you're well. He's also like seven inches taller than you too. What do you mean seven inches? No, <laughs> that's only like six inches taller. God, don't sell me too short. Yeah, um, but I don't. I don't know. It was. It was very. It was frustrating to see Ferguson drop that pass last week, though. Um, are you buying the Cincinnati Bengals at all right now? I told you I was big on them. I told you going into this season that I actually believed that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be a decent team. I think Joe Burrow with healthy. Because, uh, uh, by the way, can we also ask another question here? Were we all duped? Is Jamar Chase actually have, like, some type of stick on his gloves now or some crap? Because he must have heard all the jokes or something. He He's dropped, what, one pass? Well, I don't it, know how many <laughs> It's insane. It's hilarious because it's like pro football focus was the one, like, pushing that narrative that he can't catch and he's struggling. <laughs> And then three weeks later, like, Jamar Chase has dropped zero passes. Oh, look, look at all that talk in the preseason. Like, you're the one who started it. And it reminded me of Andrew Cuomo whenever uh, the Gabby thing's going on. And he's like, you know, it's this white person is lost and dead. The whole world cares about it. What about people of color who are missing? Indigenous people are missing. Why does the news ever talk about that? You're the news. That's what you do. You are the news. 
you're complaining you about yourself. About? You could do that. You can you can yeah. focus yeah. on stories like that, but you don't, and you're the news. It's so unbelievable. It just it reminds me of in a way. It's like I should have watched preseason to be able to see because. To your point, I just feel like they created a narrative on their own where they just the ones that planted the seed and then they yes. go back to it. Yeah, can you believe that this was said? Can you believe that this seed was planted? Yeah, you did it. And now you're wanting the flower to grow right now. It's They caused it all and they're having people say, look at it, look at this. It's, it's It makes it's me so weird. mad. And this is the only podcast where you'll hear anybody ever compare Jamar Chase to... Uh, Gabby Petito, whatever her name is. This is the only podcast where you'll ever hear that. So we'll need to talk about the Bengals next week for one of the games. They're playing the Lions. We got to do Bengals Lions next week. I figured that you would want to just so you can make your kitty cat sounds. Isn't this one of your ideal games so that you can do the sound effects? Yeah. I mean, we can also talk about them playing the Ravens two weeks after that, but I need to do a a catch-up on the Bengals. I need to watch a couple of Bengals games. So we'll talk about the Bengals next week. You also need to do a row. Wow, that's so much manlier than what it really is on the show. Well, the pan the row. That's the Panthers. The Carolina Panthers are row. That's good. At least you know your animals. Row, and then the lions are lions and Bengals are. I'm a lion. I'm glad that now they talk to each other. It's like the damn jungle book. So, so uh, last week I went three and two. I'm five and eight on the year. You went two and two. You're four and eight on the year. We're climbing oh, wait, back I'm, out of the hole. We're getting there. I was gonna say that's moving up here. I'll take the positivity here. So this week we're gonna talk about New England, Houston. The Texans are nine half point underdogs at home. <laughs> The Patriots, I don't think, have beat a team by more than a score this year. Oh, yes. <laughs> like when did when did the Patriots? They're one in three. When did they score into a more a scoring monster? It just makes no sense. While they're going to win nine and a half points, their point differential is plus one. They beat New York by nineteen, and they lost by fifteen to the Saints, one to the Dolphins, and two to the Bucks. They're nine half point favorites. Um, this is good. I'm never going to watch this game, by the way. This may be the most boring game. It's so boring. (laughs) This may be probably the worst game for the Houston Texans to have to watch. The next game we have here, Niners-Cardinals. Cardinals Cardinals are five-point favorites. Giants-Dallas, the Cowboys are seven-point favorites. And my my other personal Super Bowl, Bills-Chiefs, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, that game for you. You're probably already moist in your panties for that game. Good Lord. That's going to have you make a – you're probably going to have a heart attack if Josh Allen looks bad compared to Patrick Mahomes. You're probably going to cry yourself to sleep that night. You're already smiling because you know that. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. You know, this is a very narrative-driven podcast. So here with Houston, New England – yeah, I joked around that Mac Jones is Tom Brady after 27 Budweiser's because they have like the exact same body type, you know, just like pasty, a little chubby, no muscle. Like I'm talking about Brady when he first came in the league. Now he's you know made out of plastic and he's a robot. Um, but Mac Jones is like Tom Brady after 27 Budweiser's. And what I mean by that, it's like the Patriots' offense now is spread five wide receivers, four yard passes. 
and like Mac Jones is like able to like get it out quickly. He throws like okay enough accuracy. His mobility is like confident enough, and uh, it just is like four yards over and over and over and over again. It's the exact same play calling, man. And it's I get what you're saying about the comparison because I do completely agree. It may it did take Mac Jones a half last week to be able to fully get going, so I will give him that. But, man, having to watch that offense, it's just as bad for me as watching the San Francisco 49ers offense. Like, just stop making just three-yard plays. Do something. Make something go crazy. It's just boring after boring after boring. New England's much worse to watch than it comes to the 49ers. Oh, my God. And Mac Jones, I, I'm not a fan. I just don't get it, Matt. I just think that he's okay, but I don't think he's anything special. Yeah, I I mean he's kind of like he's like Brady, you know. It's like a guy who's gonna have to win with accuracy and his intelligence. And like I'm at the point now too, you know. If I I'll never be an NFL general manager, I'll never be an NFL scout. But like if yeah, I are. was, if I was drafting a quarterback, I would never draft a quarterback nowadays who doesn't have some 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 bit mobility. It isn't yeah. worth it. Like if it's third and seven and everything's covered and you're having to throw the ball out of bounds, that sucks, you know. Like you need to have somebody who can take off and run and at least be able to pick up a third and six with their legs alone. Um, I'm looking at the stats here for intended average air yards. These are like you know how the average distance passes are going in the air, uh, shortest to longest. Amy Dalton, last in the league, 4.2 intended air yards. Absolutely <laughs> insane. Uh, Matt Ryan, second last, 5.9. Kirk Cousins, 6.5. Jimmy G, 6.7. Roethlisberger, 6.7. Goff, 6.8. Carson Wentz, 6.9. Briss at 6.9. Prescott, 7.1. Herbert, 7.3. And then Mac Jones, 7.6. Wow. Talk it's about a little the... bit higher up than I thought it would be. I think those are phony numbers. I do want to say this, though, because 31 for 40 pass, 275. My God. But I do want to say this. So the funniest thing last week with Mac Jones was listening to Chris Collinsworth have to be able to say on third and seven – oh, yeah, they're not going to let him do a lot of things here tonight. They don't want him to throw it into danger, have to overdo it. He just needs to get down and make sure that he doesn't turn the ball over. It's third and seven, Chris. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? What do you mean not take a risk? What are you talking about? Oh, this is a yeah, test. Yeah, it's not third. third and 17 or something. It's third and seven. And if you're having to say that about Mac Jones, I'm not that confident in you. I don't know if maybe that was just Chris Collinsworth being – old but when it comes to him even saying something like that about a professional quarterback kind of bothers me it's third and seven can he not throw an eight yard pass and all of a sudden his average is 7.6 matt i'm not believing those numbers yeah well but 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 the reason for that though is he throws a lot of passes downfield that don't get completed and it's kind of like i don't know it's kind of watching davis mills in the sense of like balls go downfield, but there's no like real plan at all. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to toss it down there and see what happens. And uh, we had like a conversation on the website, like what is Davis Mills' ceiling? And I think it's rookie year, four games in the season, Mac Jones. That's Davis Mills' ceiling. Like that's the best they could expect out of him. Go five wide, he can complete three-yard passes right away. Like that's it. And he doesn't even have enough accuracy to do that too. I was going to say, so do you not think that Mills could? I mean, wouldn't you want to turn uh, this type of offense to a guy like Mills so that he's able to then have those type of shorter passes? Again, Mac Jones apparently is not throwing short passes. 
But when it comes to Mills, wouldn't you want to set him up with this type of offense so that you're giving him easy throws? Or are you trying to say, Matt, that he can't even make those easy, like, little three-yard dump-offs? Yeah, he does, though. Like, well, Mills can. Okay. Jones can. Like, Jones, is, like, Jones has been fine. Like, I don't – I kind of like watching Jones because it's, like, a commitment to what he is. You know what I mean? Like, he's not trying to be something he isn't. Like, they have, like, a very, like, easy design offense for him. Um, it makes sense, and it's like, this is what you want to do for a rookie quarterback that you're kind of stringing him along. And this is, like, one of the frustrating things that we've kind of seen, though, from these rookies, like, watching Davis Mills without run game at all whatsoever, uh, watching Wilson playing an offense that doesn't use play action or get him out on the run very often, which is the whole idea of a Michael LaFleur offense, watching yes. fields and offense that's, like, empty formations, but they don't know how to, like, slide their protection so he's getting hit at a time. Uh, and then doesn't use him as a runner at all or push the ball downfield at all at all with him whatsoever. Watching like Trevor Lawrence now he's in like in a screen, like quick passing offense and now he's a zone read quarterback. You know, like, we haven't it hasn't been the same case like previously where you see rookie quarterbacks and they like run an offense really designed to, to fit to fit them as their player as a player to make it easier for them whenever they first come to the league. And so like, I do think the Patriots have done the best job putting their quarterback in an offense that works for them and scheming around them as a rookie than, let's say, the Jets have done or the Jaguars have done or the Texans have done or the Bears have done um, in their situations. I will agree, but I'll also disagree in one sense, man. It's because you kind of brought it up there earlier. Where do you think, though, that maybe it is that way? Because just like what you said, they're wanting to just draft a guy that's exactly like Tom Brady in every single way. They're I think just so. Trying- I think it's kind of one of the reasons why they liked him. Drafting somebody new, to your point, where you would not draft a guy who's just going to be in the pocket, not being able to move, where all these other teams are trying to draft that mobile QB or just some type of QB that's able to have that type of movement in the pocket, and yet they don't know how to develop offenses around them, and they're struggling a little bit more, but the guy looks a little bit better than Mac Jones versus New England. We're going to try to duplicate everything that we did because it works out that way, mm-hmm. but that's not reality for me i just yeah. think that they tried but it's not going to end up working out yeah i don't know i mean i don't i don't really know long term at all but i think he's been fine i think one of the problems that they're having too is they gave john smith a ton of money and he can't catch the football he has like seven drops this year it's embarrassing I, way, can you believe they released Stephon gilmore like that that was a little bit interesting now going to carolina what meow yeah and i know problems but damn just leave me they're just getting rid of it a six round pick they got for them that's it well i was reading about it and they were saying that the issue is that they're they only have like four hundred thousand dollars in cap space and so they won't be able to fill up the rest of the roster and injuries happen and he's due like they saved seven million dollars by trading him he's injured they couldn't come to a contract extension agreement and so rather than like cut him they at least got something for him and carolina's like yeah we'll throw a six there so then that way we don't have to deal with waivers and all whatsoever. Yeah, but it is bizarre, though, to see a player who was a defense player of the year two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was, and like one year removed from being at like a elite level. Like last year he was, and he was fine, to being traded for a six-round pick, especially a premium position that quarterback is. And I thought that maybe they would get something else. Because, I, I mean, last year, wasn't it last year or the year before where he was named defensive player? I think it was two years ago. Yeah, like it was – so it was year before, if anything, I didn't think that – I mean, 31 is still pretty old, but I didn't think that he lost that big of a step to where 
I'm trading him for a six-round pick. It just seems like the reason why it bothers me so much, it's not because uh, Patriots release guy. It's because now, dude, Carolina is loaded in that secondary. Kind of like, by accident, too. Yeah, like they are just so freaking loaded where now that defense to me, unless you're going to be able to run the ball on them, which thank God Dallas can because Dallas is the greatest. But that secondary is just incredible, even after losing Horn. I'm, well, I'm and it's it's funny it's right. like they need a band-aid for whenever Horn gets back. And they're like, All right, well we got two band aids now. Like Henderson had one they good game his rookie year, and then they have Gilmore and they have Boya who just got back. He got beat on a touchdown, I think to Dalton Schultz last week. And then they have Dante Jackson who's been an incredible start of the year. But yeah, like it's a really deep uh secondary and they have Jeremy Chin the back uh back there and they lost Burroughs who got hurt. So we'll see how they play out the rest of their safety combinations too. The other thing about New England is like their second and pass defense DVOA with Jalen Mills and J.C. Jackson. Uh, they have another McCourty brother still there and everything else. They're able to blitz a lot because they play cover one, play a lot of man coverage. But they're awful stopping the run again still. And they got Dante Hightower back. They got Davin Gacho. They drafted Christian Barrymore. Um, unfortunately, Henry Anderson's out for the year at the Twin Pectorals. So they lost him. But they still can't stop the run. And so, like, if Houston could actually run the football, which they can't do, they have a bomb two running game this year. Phil Lindsay's averaging he he had uh, a carry for one yard and it raised his yards per carry, or no, two yards and it raised his yards per carry. And it's like yeah. he can't drop any further than he got tackled for like a six yard loss last week. But they can't run the football at all. And so, for that reason alone, like, there's not really a path for Houston to win this game because they can't run the ball at all whatsoever. All right, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because I'm just still not a believer in the offense whatsoever. Now, I think that Houston needs to adapt something to make Mills' job a little bit easier overall. And they can't, and, though. They can't run it. Well, Matt, just do some dump-off passes. Just they, run that's what they try. He came and threw screen passes, Taylor. <laughs> no! His, no he, completed, he completed one pass in the first half. It was a screen pass to Brandon Cooks. He went for three yards. He threw it low. Like, Cooks had to scoop it off the ground. All right, so then I have to ask you this. If you hate Mills this much or you think Mills is not that good, do you think, Matt, that if Terod Taylor is in the game, that you guys have a winning record right now? No. You don't think so, even still, if Terod no. was in? No. They would have lost to Cleveland. They would have lost to Carolina. Would, they would have lost this. to Buffalo. I think they could I, win this game with Terod Taylor. Yeah. But I think so they'd I, still be 1-3. The difference, though, is that with Terod Taylor, maybe they're – like three and four or two and five, whereas the Davis Mills, they're about to be one and seven. Which, yes, completely agree. Except this is the game because you asked me last week, do you think that the Houston Texans are going to be able to win any type of game here coming up in the next four or five weeks? This is one of the games that I pointed to because with your point, if the Houston Texans are able to run the ball, you have Ingram. You have things that are able to work. Lindsey, I wouldn't allow to touch the ball. I'm not I'm not even going to say 1. anything 2 else. 1.2 yards per carry. I wouldn't allow him to touch the ball whatsoever. But you still have other things that could be able to work to where if you put up 21 points, I think they you can't, have a... They can't score 21 points, though. Okay. That's the problem well, here. They can't do that. Man, I need at least 21. So what do you think they could score? What's the Six. What's the, oh, my God. Maybe Six. You're not even giving them seven? No. You don't even give them a touchdown? No. They scored <laughs> all right, they scored nine against Carolina. They scored seven against Cleveland. Both of those are both those touchdown drives are the benefits of defensive pass interference penalties. 
Last week, the closest they got was a turnover, and they went for him fourth and two, and Davis Mills didn't put any touch on the ball. And he was even trying to knock the pass down. He just rammed his arm up and ended up hitting it, and maybe David Johnson scores that play. And they didn't get that close again. He had the third worst start in Texas franchise history by quarterback grading. David Carr, he entered the David Carr zone. David Carr had a quarterback rating of 8.2 against San Diego in 2002. That was the worst start in franchise history. Isn't this, though, and again, I'm going to go back to this. Isn't this, though, what you want? Isn't this what I, this is what I wanted for the Houston Texans? Everyone can say they hate this all they want, but this is what I want for the Houston Texans because you have your pick. If you get that numero they, uno. I can't believe they finally have one. Like, exactly. You finally have your pick. This is the season where I don't, you're not going to win. So if Tarad was in, you're three and four. That's not going to help you in the draft. This is the time where Mills is going to be your key. He's going to give you that number one spot. Because with how bad the Houston Texans are, Matt, they are much worse to me, and especially watching with eye test only here. They are much worse than Detroit, and they are much worse than Jax. Yeah, I think they are that bad with Mills. And I just can't believe that he can't throw dump offs over and over again. He can't even throw, he can barely complete a screen pass. It's like screen passes, and then it's uh, it's like quick curls and comebacks, and they run like this like quick bootleg where David where Brandon Cooks runs an out, and that's their entire passing offense. And he can still barely even complete those passes. I just I can't. All I want to have the Houston Texans be able to do is just some type of structure where you're going to be able to put pressure on a team like this. Nine and a half points is too much. I think that's such an insult. It's hilarious, to and it's hilarious that they're going to cover as well, too. It is insulting, no. and they're going to. Their running what's, backs are averaging 2.8 yards per carry. Matt, what's the point? Uh, what's the total that England, New England has scored? What's their highest that they've scored all season? 25 against the Jets. 25 points, and you have a nine and a half point spread? Oh, my God. Yes. That's no, because <laughs> that's the Texans have scored seven points and a half against Cleveland, nine points against Carolina, and zero points last week. I just this. So, how many points is that total? By the way, they've scored sixteen points in tw- ten quarters of football. <laughs> is that good? Their, <laughs> their point differential, David Mill, Davis Mills, I think, is like negative sixty-five. Negative. Oh my god! So number one pick. Have you looked at your college recruits yet? Are no, you? Excited? I'm gonna do that after the year's over. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat the eat the poop and watch these games and watch the film and and go through it. I'm not gonna watch the college stuff until next year. Before we move on, because you know I haven't been paying attention to you and what you say at times. What's the Deshaun thing? Do Nothing. You think that- He's not gonna get traded until next year. So it's next year's when I because yeah. I feel like it. You should trade him to get more draft picks. I mean, it's going to help you in the end. You just, have, so- you just have to know what the picks are worth, though. That's you know what I mean? Too. Like, you can't trade them now and be like, oh, now I- the Dolphins are one ten games on accident, and now I, I only got-, got the 24th pick or whatever. You can't do that. Yeah, I agree. And also, the Dolphins aren't a very good trade spot all either because they trade up for, Dev- for Jalen Waddle. And so, like, they have the 49ers first round picks in like 2024 and 25. So like you can get those or whatever, but again, like those are probably mid round picks as well too. Who knows what's gonna happen that far later on? But I don't love it either. Um, but yeah, if they could run this, run the ball, maybe they can make this a game. The Patriots, like 
right side of their offensive line, right tackle spots been bad. Maybe Houston gets some pressure there. You know, wins kind of bad in the run game. Their left guard has been very good in the run game. Uh, New England can like barely score twenty points a game, but six points may be enough for New England to win this game. They could cover uh, ten to zero, and I I wouldn't be shocked at all. So I'm going New England twenty, Houston six. All right, I'm not going to do it, man. I'm, I'm actually no, no. I am going to do it. I can't go with what you're saying right now with New England. So I'm going to go the Houston Texans twelve. The New England Patriots, 17. Crazy. I, I you know, like, Houston's defense is bad, too, right? It's not good. I, but I don't – so the best side of the ball that I have for this game is easily New England's defense. Yeah, it's their pass but, defense. Yeah. So I feel like that, at least with Mills, to your point, if something can get going – Matt, if you score 10 points, I have such a good shot of covering. That's yeah, yeah. If they score 10, you could cover. Yeah, that's exactly all I'm saying, and that's why it's so hard for me to be able to say that New England's going to be able to put up that many points. I just I can't believe it unless they're saying, oh, Mac Jones has the confidence in the world after going toe-to-toe with Tom. Tom was awful last week. He had so many things going on. Well, and, and Brown, Brown dropped that big touchdown, too, and that sort of yeah. thing. Also. I don't think Tom is necessarily terrible, but like they didn't have – you know, Godwin wasn't really out there at all, and – and Gronk got hurt and everything else, you know. Tom didn't look like Tom, but weather was also a big factor in that yeah. as well. Because he overthrew guys, it just wasn't the same. And I don't blame him whatsoever. He's also, was it now, fourth quarterback to beat all 32 teams? Sick. I love that. Yeah, love that's that awesome. stat. That's such a cool stat. I feel like that's more impressive than the Super Bowls. So the next game we have here, San Francisco, Arizona. The Cardinals are five-point favorites. Um, they beat Tennessee by 25, they beat Minnesota by 1, they beat Jackson by 12, and they beat the Rams by 17. And lastly, that game against the Rams, they won the turnover battle. Uh, they had zero turnovers, but they forced two. And the Rams also kicked two field goals that game, and they are able to consistently hold them in the red zone. And that was kind of the difference in it um, as well. And so, like, are you are, have you bought into the Cardinals now that they beat the juggernaut Los Angeles Rams? Man, I go back and forth with this because I'm getting a lot of hate right now. A lot of my uh, my uh, my tweets, uh, my Instagram stuff, everything is just getting a lot of hate because, Matt, why am I not believing? I'm not a believer, and I need to know why. I believe maybe that Arizona's defense has now taken a step where there's something going on there. It's dangerous. It's being able they're, to— They're like the Rams last year. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're doing. They're playing too high with Buda Baker— and uh, and I think it's Jalen Thomas. And Jalen Thomas is just crushing guys back there. And so they're playing too high, and they're like passing off their routes well, and they blitz a good amount. And uh, they just have a lot of speed as well too. And like they're kind, of, they're playing like a, a cover four defense, and it's working. Uh, Jalen Thomas is the one who's playing strong safety, and Buda Baker is playing free safety. Then do you think that? Wait, so I'm gonna say that with Arizona's defense, definitely a step forward. But I'm still not a believer in the whole offense with Cardinals. And the only thing I could think, do you think A.J. Green is really that it doesn't, big of a t- It doesn't matter, though. Oh, that's the so point. It really does. Like, the point is that they have so much skill talent and they have so much that yeah, like, A.J. Green could step up and they're like, oh, it's A.J. Yeah. Green against David Long and David Long's five foot ten, and A.J. Green's 6'5". And he can just like post them up in the end zone and score passes. 
I'm all in the Cardinals now. I think Kyler Murray for sure is the MVP. If the if, it, if the if the season nope. ends today, he's the MVP. His name's Dak Prescott. If no, you it's name. Kyler. And His like name is Dak Prescott. I think Kyler runs a four three forty. I thought it was like a four two. That was no, like a four. No, no. I don't know. Quick... Like four threes, like Chris Johnson. It's like watching Chris Johnson play quarterback. He I would had, agree. He had that conversion on third and sixteen. Where it's like he left the pocket, and he has um, he has two linebackers chasing him. He has Tyrell Lewis, and he has Kenny Young chasing him. And it's like you think like, all right, he's scrambling left, he's gonna throw it away, or he's gonna get like seven yards and kick a field goal. He turns left, he has a linebacker, the pursuit angle has a seven yard advantage on him. He outruns him, <laughs> and he converts on third and sixteen, and it looks easy too. And it's like it's absolutely insane. And we're not kind of seeing what New England did where they're not really corralling him at all. They're like chasing him around and it doesn't work. And uh, and the offense is so balanced that I think DeAndre Hopkins is third on the league and catch third on the team with catches right now. Yes. And that's what's actually been kind of blowing me away. No, he's it's second not... with seventeen. It's Edmonds with twenty, him with seventeen, but then Moore, Kirk and Green and Max Williams have sixteen, sixteen, fifteen, fifteen. It's it's the most balanced attack in the NFL right now. Well, and I think with the additions of being able to have the A.J. Green, even though you're saying it's just having that extra talent, but also having James Conner, something is just different with the overall offense meet with Arizona. It's hard for me to believe in them because I just don't think much has changed. It just seems like that it's a lot of Kyler still running around and then pulling something out of his ass at the very Enough, end. But it's not all that, though, like it was last year. I, like last I, year, it was like 60% the I, offense. It was that... And DeAndre Hopkins out routes, and now and like we talked about in the preseason, you know I thought uh, Kyle, I thought Cliff had like was getting close, you know, like he was getting close to figuring out what he needed to do to run like an insane offense and be able to scheme one up. And it was like, is he going to make that leap this year? I think he's done it. Their run game has been awesome, especially when they call the run plays. Um, Hudson's been an incredible improvement at center, just his ability to reach reach the one technique and fold the line in half and his ability to climb up to the second level has been imperative to their success too. Chase Edmonds has been, you know, awesome. Like he was the best running back for them two years ago. And I still can't believe the Texans traded, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and they at least get didn't at least get Chase Edmonds, they got David Johnson instead. And he's been great this year. And uh, and like, yeah, this is a balanced attack. They're a superpower and the defense is playing too high. They're getting enough rush. They have linebackers that can blitz, so they have to do things like blitz Buda Baker. Really, the only hole in their defense is Robert Alford, their rookie cornerback, and like he hasn't been good at all this year, and he's the guy you can take advantage of. Um, but like, that's really like the only hole in this team, though, is, is like their cornerback play. And Byron Murphy's like Diggs, or he's like a Marcus Pierce big play sort of player. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been awesome, though. I'm going to agree with all the points that you made. And I just, I have nothing to really say going against it. And that's just because this is me. This really is just my own personal preference in my own opinion with Arizona. I just, I'm not a believer in them still. I don't get why, but I also want to comment on, this is what I, what I say whenever people think Lamar is the greatest thing. No, Kyler is how a running quarterback should be and throw the ball. That's where if people want to give him his dues, his props, saying he's MVP, I get it. But that's where I hate Lamar Jackson because something's just still not there when throwing the ball versus you can tell in Murray. 
he's he's developing more. The fact that he's not turning the ball over and the fact that he's not taking chances because he doesn't need to because his offense is so good. Yeah. I, it's, it is impressive in that sense for Arizona where I can see that step forward. Man, I just don't get it. They're 4-0, and I'm still not a believer in this. If you want to say Arizona versus Dallas versus Tampa versus Green Bay, I don't think they beat either of those teams. I think they're better than Green Bay. I think they're better than Dallas. They're not better than Dallas. I think, Tam- not- I think Tampa's weird just because like with Tampa, they have so much speed on defense that – they have a type of defense that can maybe like corral um, him so much, but they also have so much wide receiver talent. It's like, all right, we'll just get DeAndre Hopkins against Ross Cockrell, you know? And, and I agree, and that's where it's just no matter what with Kyler, because we were talking about two weeks or last week that it was Christian Kirk, that he was the yeah. one that was the spectacular star all of a sudden for Arizona, and they just have so many guys that they're able to switch off. DeAndre being third on the team is pretty damn impressive. But it also just says, how the hell did Houston not get more back than freaking Johnson? How did you and, not and get— And a second-round pick, they turned to Brandon Cooks. You know what's funny is that the argument for like the Cooks trade from a football perspective is that, well, now Deshaun Watson won't rely only on one wide receiver, and they'll open up the offense more and that sort of thing. One year later, Brandon Cooks is the entirety of Houston's passing offense. He's accounted for like 40% of their yards, receptions, and targets right now. And Hopkins is the one in a balanced offense. <laughs> I didn't even think that Hopkins is actually in the scenario that the Houston Texans said that they wanted to be in. That is amazing. Because, yeah, if you don't have anybody else besides Brandon Cooks, then who the hell are you going to throw it to? Who the hell is going to be Danny able to do Danny Amendola. Okay. All yeah, right. I don't, I'm just, this, we're having fun. I don't want to talk about the Texans anymore. Well, um, you're the one in- <laughs> hey, J.J. Watt, three tackles for a loss, two quarterback hits, zero sacks. Ooh, hey. Again, JJ just took the contract. I want you to tell no, me. No, I don't think he took the contract. Man, this team is so good. JJ does nothing. Yeah, he, he does. Really... He like oh, he He's does. good against the run. He And also, he draws attention to the interior and creates one-versus-one matchups on the outside. Like, he's been, like, good. He hasn't been awful. He's been good, though. No, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'll play it this way. JJ and Pat, is this JJ's worst year? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. He only had like four and a half sacks last year. Hey, four and a half sacks is still better than zero. Yeah, but we'll see. It's only been four games so far. So San Francisco, we finally got to see Trey Lance last week. Um, Lance was bad. Like he looked kind of like he looked kind of like Ryan Mallett as far as he had like this really great arm but couldn't put it anywhere. But what drove me absolutely insane about Lance last week was he was a coward at every tackle attempt. Like they they had some cool run schemes drawn up. He's able to you know, keep a read with the fullback leading the way. He gets the first down marker and he dives. He gets to a tackle attempt and he goes low and falls to the ground. So you have to put your head down and try to get yards in situations. You have to try to make somebody miss. You have to put your shoulder down. And he cowered it out. I was I couldn't believe it how scared he was of contact last week. Okay, so maybe that's what it was. Because to your point, man, I didn't know what the hell they were doing when it came to running any type of plays. It was just so weird where no matter what, if it was third and one, third and two, it was Trey Lance, you better put your head in and you better be going forward. Yeah, that's you're fine. Not gonna- and that's fine, though. Like, that offense makes sense for Trey Lance. Like, it's a power run attack where now you have three separate, you know, players that can run the football on every snap. 
and then you use that, and then you create play action off of it, and then you throw p- passes downfield off those uh, off those same running movements and those same you know, pre-snap uh, motions as well too. But he just wasn't he wasn't doing as a runner. Like he did not want to get hit. And that could be it. I didn't really see that much ducking and kind of avoiding as much as you. For me, I he just, was ducking. He had zero I, broken tackles last week. Really? Yes. Okay, well, that's actually he averaged, pretty damn- He averaged a half yard after contact. That's not what Shanahan wants, and that's no. only because he's going to be running him every single time, so he's going to have to get used to it at this point. At least like I'm- 15 carries a game. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's going to be giving him the ball at least 15 to 18 times for him to just, again, every third and one and third and two. It was Trey, snap it, just run up the middle. Overall, he had one big play. And that was After a blown that, coverage by Jamal Adams. Like that was, it, I could have made that throw. Was it, was it Jamal? Yeah. Was it really? It was a wheel he, route, and Jamal stops and plays the flat and lets him go past him. <laughs> Jamal, a guy that was supposed to be a top corner who's not a corner. I love it. Safety, safety. Man, I don't know what he plays, but it's certainly not his position. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's supposed to be like Kim Chancellor, but Quandre Diggs, Quandre Diggs is the best safety on that team. The other thing that's like been kind of a letdown for me watching San Francisco, it's kind of with Washington too. Their front four pass rush hasn't been all that great. Yes, and it's asking your quarterback to score 30 points to be able to win the game. It's both on Garoppolo and Trey Lance they were asking to do because, yes, exactly the same thing. Why aren't these defenses better? They're, so they're 22nd in points allowed. Bose has four sacks and eight hits. D. Ford has been alive. He had a really good bend against Green Bay. Uh, he has three sacks and four hits. And then it's like Contavious Street. Eric Armstead hasn't lived up to his contract. You know, Ken Law hasn't done a whole lot. DJ Jones is okay. Um, they only have one good cornerback, and that's Mosley. Their safety play has been kind of whatever as well, too. But yeah, the defense hasn't been as good. Like they blitz a lot, um, and they don't have as much success with this. I kind of thought with with D'Amico Ryan's being the defensive coordinator too. But yeah, like this defense hasn't been as good as it was last year with Salah, um, and that's kind of guess like, the down thing about. It. But like I do think Jimmy getting hurt and Lance starting is better for them in the long term including this season. I think Jimmy was awful this year. And just like his inability to throw the ball downfield, his the miss all the missed passes that he he leaves on the on the field. Um and then also he's thrown like it feels like he's thrown like eight dropped interceptions. Like he's been very fortunate as well. So like I do think like for for this season and going forward, this is the the move that needed to have happened. But like they may suffer some in the short term though in San Francisco. I think they're going to suffer a little bit here. I just don't see I'll put it this way. With how Trey Lance looked last week, it doesn't make me at all confident because just like how we already acknowledged the defense being a little it, bit. Well, it was, it was also, he came in like in the second half. And so like this week, they're at least going to be, he's going to be in practice the ones all week. They're going to be developing a game plan just for him. And Arizona's run defense isn't very good. It's average, you know. And I think, like, it's probably worse than average just, just because of the situations teams have been running against them in. And so, like, this, I think they could I think they could definitely run the ball, like, 35 times or 240 yards and get three touchdowns out of it, you know. But, like, is is the, are those 24 points enough to, to play with Arizona? And I don't think it is, though. All right, I got a cute little thing for you. Yeah. Matt, what's going to happen? Is there going to be more rushes? or more completed passes from Trey Lance? I'm going to go rushes because I think he runs the ball like 18 times. 
<laughs> so you don't think that he completes 18 passes? No. I think he goes <laughs> like 15 for like 24. That sounds fair. I just I hope that that's going to be a little bit better from what I saw last week. Because that's what I mean by watching this 49ers team. Man, it's terrible. Man, I'm just going to say it. Kyle Shanahan, this was, for me, supposed to be just a fun team that's running like crazy plays. I like watching San Francisco. Why? I like their run game's a lot of fun. Their screen game's a lot of fun. I like how they're able to attack the middle part of the field. It's That's who it is. I just now thought of the team. Dude, this is like Georgia Tech. This is me watching Georgia Tech football. And you know what? I don't like maybe, watching Maybe. Tech. We'll see what it is this week. I don't know. And like last that's week all- in Seattle, all their success came on play-action crossing routes. Like that's all Jimmy did. Is he like ran play action and he threw crossing routes off it, threw, threw like the intermediate middle against their zone defense, and then Seattle started playing man, and then he was kind of screwed after that. Um, so my pick this week, I think like San Francisco could pull it off if they run for two hundred forty yards, which is in in store here for them. But I'm gonna go Arizona thirty, San Francisco twenty, and I'm believers in the Cardinals. Um, so what's your prediction for this one? Uh, what's point spread? Uh, five point Arizona. Yeah, uh, either way, I have to have Arizona. After watching the 49ers last week, I just can't do it. So I would say Arizona, 32. I'm going to say the 49ers, dude, 17. I think this is going to be a pretty bad one here. Yeah, like LA played with Arizona all right. They just had the turnovers and the red zone stops. Um, And the only good thing for the Niners is that they lose this game. They have the bye week next week. We finally get byes. Thank God, so I can actually catch up on some of this stuff. And then they play Indy. Then at Chicago, and then Arizona again. So at least they get like two like kind of kind of bunny games or two easier games uh, before they have to play Arizona and the Rams. So like it's not over for for San Francisco if they lose this game. They still have a chance to bounce back. And so I I like this for them in the long run. So next game here, Giants Dallas. The Cowboys are seven and a half point favorites. So uh, let's hear it. Let's hear, let's hear your let's hear your quick recap from last week. So ease, the quick recap is just what I like to call domination. It's what the Dallas Cowboys have been doing this season versus anything else. There's just no panicking from my side. I've never had it to where I'm watching the Cowboys, and I just feel like that they have total control of the game, which is what I've been seeing versus with this offense and what Dak Prescott is doing. It's just impressive. Because he's putting up the numbers. He's not having to overdo anything. He isn't even running with that ankle and making the first downs when he's getting like 20 yard carries. It was so impressive watching Dak Prescott. And it has been all season where he's my MVP. He has to be, this is a non-biased call that I am making. He has to be the MVP. And now you have Zeke being able to carry the ball where he's not going to be that quick back like Pollard who averages 10 yards a carry. It's just disgusting, but you at least have Zeke who's just going to batter that defense in. And then, Matt, is Diggs the Defensive Player of the Year so far? No. What? You're out of your mind. This man has five interceptions. Miles Garrett is. No. Diggs is easily Defensive Player right now. If he continues this, this is easily If he has has 20 interceptions, sure. If he has even 12. No, 12 is not enough. Oh my! God, Twelve interceptions by one guy is not enough for you. No, you can't throw on his side of the field. I just, I am loving everything I'm seeing. The only thing, Matt, because I'm gonna even ask you this to give it back to you here a little bit. What do you think about the Jalen Smith thing? 
Uh, well, I, what I saw from it, and the only thing that made sense about it was that he had an injury guarantee next year of like seven yeah. and a half million dollars, and so they didn't want to keep him on the roster after this year because they had to pay him seven and a half million. So they got ahead of it this year. I mean, I think Jalen Smith's fine. You know, I think contract wasn't worth it. Um, I thought it was kind of weird if you're like all in on this year to release him, but they're yeah. like, we don't want to pay him $8 million next year is why they did it. Well, and I think what they even said is that, cause if he got any type of injury, then he was guaranteed money yeah. for next year. Mm-hmm. And I think that even included COVID. I think that's what it even included to where if he was on any type of, again, injury reserve, whatever that he was then going to be paid next. So I get it. It's just for me. Even again, I'm blowing up about this team. I'm loving it, which usually means that they're going to let me down. It has me nervous for this weekend. Matt, you don't, he was pumping up the team last week. You don't throw out your mojo, right? That's what we talked about. I like his little celebration, the bowling ball thing. (laughs) Exactly. And he was the one that was getting everybody. He was named captain last week. How do you go from naming a guy captain to then saying, get the hell off my team? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I didn't know that. So last year, David Howard led the league in interceptions with 10. In 2019, it was Gilmore with six. In 2018, it was DeMonte Casey, who is playing for the, the Cowboys right now, Kyle Fuller and Howard, and they led the league with seven. So Howard's probably going to break all that, you know, here pretty soon. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I'll, I think the defense is weird because it's all about forcing turnovers. And they force turnovers there you know, incredible. They forced 10 this year, which is second in the league. Um, and baby. Yeah. Probably best and half of, them are, half of them are digs as well too. But they just have like a lot of kind of like just defensive players I like. And and they, they're they like dark horse guys and they just kind of hit on them. Like I like Jaron Curse a whole lot. I like DeMonte Casey. Like he's hitting people. I love Osa Odegzua, I don't know how to say his name, but he's awesome. That that defensive tackle from UCLA that was drafted. Keanu Nielsen, pretty good as a linebacker. Randy Gregory's like a defensive end, but without the weed. You know, I'm sure he's Stephen A. Smith's favorite player. And, uh, and I think like I think Malik Hooker's done a good job taking away the deep passes as well too. But like, yeah, it's a fun defense. It's like a bunch of like has-beens and and like uh, guys who've been sitting at the bar for too long. You know. Terrell Basham's here. Can you compliment how great Michael Parsons is as well? I just like how he can do everything. He, he can, can play linebacker. He can play defense. They used him like, like how Clowney's used sometimes, where they had him rush against the center last week. Except, you know, he's better than Clowney, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, no. Clowney's pretty good last week. Clowney's football good. He's not, he's not numbers good. So then, also to bring this back to you here, Matt, Matt, is this a top three team in the NFC, Matt? Top three? Top three? No. Is this top three? No! Come on! You got to I would still got... put, I put Arizona, Los Angeles, no. and Tampa ahead of them. No! You're killing me, man. You got to give some type of credit with this team. Is They are easily probably the biggest surprise. And I told you that before the season. I said, this is the most watched. This has to be the most watched. You picked the Giants to win the division. But yeah, you said it's the most entertaining team, though. Yes. But what I said about the Giants, too, I also was hoping to jinx my team. Now, granted, I still stick by the Giants thing because 
That's the one other big surprise is just how bad this division has been overall, which I know you hate this division. Washington has been the biggest disappointment. Let's just say that. Yeah, defensively, their defense is the biggest disappointment this year. Yeah, it's not good. They'd be winning games 35-10 to if their defense was playing to the level it should be. And Heineken shouldn't be asked to do anything more. But with Dallas, Matt, there's just something cooking here. I can just feel it. It's one of those dominant teams. Like what I'm saying, I've never felt this way about watching the Dallas Cowboys. Now, granted, it could blow up in my face, but watch them go up against the Carolina Panthers. There was just nothing that was bothering me. Darnold didn't have a bad game. Everything seemed like their running game was just fine, but it didn't matter, and it was because I was never weary. I just felt like there was total control from the Dallas Cowboys. And this offense, it's blown me away. Yeah, and like I mean, they can—they just have so many weapons. It's kind of like Arizona, you know. What I mean, or they just have so much skill talent. I my favorite thing about their offense though right now is watching Zach Martin on double teams. Like he's so good on double teams that him it, like it doesn't matter if he's with uh, Byads or if he's with Terrence Steele. They're just moving guys on the first level, and even like Derek Brown, they took him for a run. And they had a good pancake on Nixon. The thing from me in Dallas until. They win a game where they four zero turnovers and their defense plays well. I'm not fully there on it, and like they forced four turnovers against Tampa two of the last three weeks because that's what their defense is based around is turnovers and turnovers are a fluky thing. What? It's not something that's like fully in their own control, you know. Um, and like that game against like you know Carolina, you know one was an overthrow that went to Diggs. The second one he beat, but they were already up by two touchdowns at that point too. The that's good. The second- impressive though come on yeah the second was more impressive but they were they're already up by two scores like he read that route so perfect like not many guys can be able to do what he did on that play i'm not disagreeing with that i'm just saying they were up by two scores is all the good news here for dallas though is their schedule is really easy they played new york at new england then the bye week at minnesota (laughs) denver atlanta at kansas city vegas at new orleans then at washington at the giants washington arizona at philly so they have five winnable games until they play the Chiefs. Yeah, this is an undefeated team right now. All right, this team is just going to win every single thing going to the Chiefs. I'm so excited for this Dallas Cowboys. I think that they're just going to – this is their moment. The Tampa game was just their starting point where that loss did them good. To now with these divisions – if they dominate New York, I'm going to be blown away. I'm going to be blown away. And it's because it's another divisional game where the pedal is still on the metal – and they're not letting up to where a team's able to breathe, and they are just going to fully set in stone that they are the best in this division. Yeah, I uh, this is I think this is a game that Dallas typically blows. I've never been waiting for it. You get so excited. This is the yep. one, though. Yep, I'm too excited. I know I'm too excited. I'm too pumped up. This is my everything. They're going to probably blow it. I uh, I absolutely hate Joe Judge's red forearm bands he wears. I they're disc- he has the worst coaching aesthetic I've ever seen. Big fat baggy hoodie, red forearm sleeves. It's awful. It's just trying to be Bill. It's worse. Everybody- it's worse than Sirianni's visor with the with the pens and pencils clipped to it. I was gonna say you talking about like just the random colored pencil that he always has in the back of his ear. Yeah, oh the highlighter, God. and they're they're stuck give, to his visor also. Dude, just give it up. Who the hell cares? This isn't a trademark thing. You look like a jackass. Get off the field. I haven't seen the red sleeves though, but that's just a bill thing to me. It's it's awful. 
The only good thing about the Giants last week is they actually threw the ball downfield, and Kenny Galladay's alive. Um, and, like, we've been waiting for it. Hey, Jason, when are you going to do it? And they actually finally did it. They were able to call a good post route to split the safeties to John Ross. Galladay had a few big catches. Uh, C.J. Board had big catches on the sideline with, with Slayton being out. And then Barkley had that wheel route touchdown where Lattimore just is he thinks it's a screen pass and bites on a screen that doesn't show up and gets beat deep. Barkley's weird because he can't run laterally at all. He can't cut. But straight line, he's incredible. If he's running straight, he's he's the greatest running back of all time. But as soon as like he has to turn any bit whatsoever, he can't do it at all. Well, I think we talked about it even last week where it seems like the shiftiness is kind of gone. Where he's not able to do like his little special moves that he was brought and picked whatever position number two or whatever he was overall. He was brought in the league to do those special things and he can't. But to your point, I mean, just run him straight up the gut. If you run him straight yeah, up the gut, do he's it. Gonna... it doesn't work very well. Leonard, mean, Leonard Williams has been awesome this year, at least. That's fair. I just think, though, like what I said to start, this was Danny Dimes' time. You had gave him so many weapons. This is where you have to let Danny Dimes go. You being able to allow him to throw the 40 times, dude, 400 yards, two TDs, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, I, from- I, don't, I think Danny could go someplace else and be good. It's just a Jason Garrett thing for me. You know, like Garrett's that's awful. Big. And like if he goes to a team that actually runs the ball and can throw deep play action passes, like I think he could be like Ryan Tannehill. You mean like Denver? Like he could be in Denver because Teddy can't hold up? No, because... Teddy's fine. He just got hit in the head. Hey, man, it's okay. It just happens. That's you get hit why in the head sometimes. Danny Dimes in Denver would probably win in the Super Bowl and like Teddy. No, not at all. Uh, I think he'd be like Ryan Tannehill somewhere maybe. Like he has a good arm. He's pretty athletic. He can run some. Uh, I was kind of very more of Joe Flacco, but I think he's more like Ryan Tannehill than Flacco. If New York doesn't extend him, then yeah, I mean, they're you're not, right. I don't think they're going to. I think everybody's He's, fired after this year. The GM's fired. The head coach is fired. Oh, so you're saying clean house all the way? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Trade for I don't Deshaun think... Watson. Ooh, that's not a bad. Oh, by the way, if Texans get Danny Dimes. No, that's... no, no. It's You give your two first-round picks this year, a first-round pick next year, and then a, a second-round pick or whatever. You don't trade. We don't take Danny in that trade. You don't like Danny? Why are you with no. Danny? He like, seems like the Houston guy. No, you got three first-round picks, an extra second, then you trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what the Texans are going to do. No, man. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm all in you... on them trading for Jimmy. Man, you would rather have Jimmy than no, Danny? No, 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 no. Okay. That's what they're going to be doing. I'd rather, okay. I'd rather have Danny than Jimmy. Um, I Also, okay. I love Ojolari, that first-round pick they had, that the edge rusher. He's been awesome. He's so much fun. He's so fast. And he bends really well. And Kadavius Tony's sick. <laughs> like, it looks like he's like time is frozen uh, whenever he's in the open field. No, and you know what? That's what also I came into this season believing is that this defense for the New York Giants was going to actually be something. And I think they kind of put a number on Jameis to at least make him look not as confident. I, guess so. I think Jameis was fine last week. It wasn't they stopped that the run pretty well. New York Giants, though, overall as a defensive team, should be better. And they're 1-3. and three, And I believe I said last week that they were probably the best 0-3 team still out there. Well, I, I said Minnesota was, and they beat Seattle. And they lost by a touchdown to, Min- to Cleveland. 
Minnesota. Minnesota's suck. better than the Giants are. By the way, are Giants going up against Minnesota this year? I think they are. Uh, uh they're playing this. I don't know. They're playing the South, but um, yeah, it was funny because also Jameson threw an interception last week. It was T- Taysom Hill that did, and then they lost <laughs> the coin toss. That makes me so happy. No, they're not playing Minnesota. Uh, so my pick it's. Dallas seven point seven half point favorites. I'm going Dallas thirty four, New York twenty. So hold on, you gave me so much crap, and you said like this is the game that usually Dallas blows. That you're too confident, Taylor. Smoke up your ass, but yet you are not confident enough to then pick against them. You're gonna still copy what I'm gonna pick here. Yeah, you're not. I don't gonna... think the Giants are very good. See, I still think they are. All right. Obviously, they're not going to be able to beat the Dallas Cowboys, who are just too freaking good right now. We have the Dallas Cowboys at 35. We have the New York Giants at 20. Wait, seven points, you said? Yeah, I'm say seven and a half. 27? Okay. Yeah. I have 34-20. When Dallas a, beats a team and they force zero turnovers, now we can then we can talk. By the way, seven and a half is a lot. Yeah, it's a, a lot. vision game, and I again, I don't think New York's that bad here. Man, seven and a half. You sure on that? Seven and a half. Good God, I think Dallas can do it though. That, you know. that, I watched that game against Atlanta between the Giants and the Falcons. That was the worst game I've watched so far this year. That's your worst. Yeah, uh, I don't think I have a worst yet. Uh, I, I oh enjoy a lot. Absolutely terrible. I think the Falcons could be fun eventually, but they're still trying to figure themselves out. Never mind. Bucks, New England last week. Dude, that was awful. I'm sorry. He's Everyone right. can say, it's Tom's homecoming. Oh, my God. This is so emotional. Yeah, emotionally bad. Having to sit through that game, oh, such a nightmare. It was like a soccer game. You're not going to get anything. It's like going to be tied whenever it ends. Oh, 0-0 all around. That game was horrible to sit through. That's why I watch the condensed games. I, don't, I can't watch these four-hour games at all. So the last game we have here, Buffalo, Kansas City, three and one Bills playing the two and two Chiefs uh, on the road in Kansas City. I have a confession. You ready? Josh Allen needs to play better for them to beat Kansas City. Whoa. He has to play better. Whoa! Like I it's know, like I know they that. beat uh, Houston by forty, but there was like. He threw three passes that probably could have been picked off. He threw four. He had four throws there that were like four of the best throws I've ever seen. But Man, it's just like, it's just the consistent stuff. I told you this what he looked like in Miami. And you go, it doesn't matter. He's no, still no, one no. I, Miami was different only because like they were up by three scores really all in that game. And he was awesome in the first quarter. But then he, he like put in the second gear in the second quarter. But their red zone offense wasn't very good. And it even kind of felt like at times in that game against Houston in the first half, they're like, we're going to run the ball just as a tune-up for Miami because we're going to have to run the ball against them. And I'm not saying like Josh Allen's been bad this year. I think he's been like a fringe top 10 quarterback so far. But yeah, like for them to beat Kansas City, he has to hit that spot he was at, you know, at times last year. Well, it's like we talked about it. He's got to be so... He has to be 90% Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he has to be MVP in this game. If you need to beat Big Brother with this, the Kansas City Chiefs, who are beatable these days, you have to be able to, to your point, hit those throws. But to your other point, to start this beginning of the year, Matt, do you think, though, that Kansas City is going to be able to stop any type of running game? 
Because if they, they haven't for four years, exactly. But that's where I feel like that Buffalo. I get what you're saying that Josh Allen is going to have to make the throws, put it on the spot. I just think they're, it's going to be a running game for him. I just think they've been doing so well with that that it shouldn't. It's then going to be opening up Josh Allen. Yeah, but then, you can it, it it can. I think the thing is like Allen has to hit the throws downfield, and he has been like that throw he made. Those two throws he made digs last week were absolutely filthy. That throw he made to the throws he made to Sanders in the Washington game were filthy, and it's like if he hits four of those, you know that may be the difference in this one. But like I, I yeah, like I think overall the Bills have the better team. It's just how how close to Patrick Mahomes can Allen be, and like he has to be like at least ninety percent. I don't think he's hit that spot just yet, um, but I think he can. And I think like this is a like the Chiefs are right now at cornerback. They're playing Legarius Sneed who isn't as good as he was last year. They're playing a lot of Mike Hughes, who isn't good at all whatsoever. They're playing a lot of DeAndre Baker, who's not good at all whatsoever. Um, they have you know, Thornhill playing deep middle. They've been able to you know, get beat deep a few times. They're easy to throw the ball on. Their man coverage has been very good, especially to the sideline. And like I think this is a, a game where you know, Buffalo can play really well against them. Like Everybody else has played very well against Kansas City to start the year, too. I just think it's this simple for Kansas City, as stupid as this may sound. Dude, it's all about Tyreek. And that's because it's proven on their two losses that if Tyreek is not yeah. involved, if he's not having any type of big game whatsoever or any type of big play, then they're not going to win the game. Versus now the two games that they have won, Tyreek is constantly involved. Tyreek is constantly making plays. I think that's kind of the key factor here. Because Kelsey is great, but what... Well, we talked about on the other games with Kansas City, the other receivers were still missing some catches. They just weren't the same as the Kelsey and having the Hill. So Yeah, it's always like that with them. Like Harvin hasn't been good. Pringle hasn't been good. Robinson hasn't been good. And that's why Sammy Watkins is so valuable for them in their Super Bowl run. And like that's the argument for why Emmanuel Sanders has been as good as he's been Buffalo start this year, is that he goes up against fourth cornerbacks. And so like I really do think the key to this game is Emmanuel Sanders against DeAndre Baker and against Mike Hughes. Like I, I really, I really think that's kind of the difference. And then you have Stephon Diggs who can get you individual first downs. But I think that's where the big plays come in. And also Dalton Knox. Dalton Knox has been awesome as a tight end. Uh, finally, he's like developed into a red zone threat. And Kansas City has had problems defending, you know, those defending tight ends this year too. Um, I don't know. And like Mahomes against pressure, he's been doing that rookie quarterback thing where he goes off his back foot and just heaves something up into traffic, and he's lucky he's only thrown as, as many picks as he's had so far this year. Well, I mean, it's still Mahomes. He's always looking for something spectacular to do versus just making something the easy play. He always has to just throw it up and hope that a spectacular catch is made, and it's usually either by Tyreek or with Kelsey. So if Buffalo's able to stop that from top to bottom, man, it just seems like even with us talking about this, Buffalo has a team that should be dominant over Kansas I, City. I think they have like the most complete roster. Buffalo does. Well, in the it's AFC, just like how it's just how much do you get? Like, is Allen gonna get to the MVP level? Like, is he gonna get to top five or is he gonna be top ten? And then it's like what what's kind of side like if they do have a chance to Super Bowl? The other thing about Kansas City too, and there are two losses this year. They have four turnovers against the Chargers, and you know two of those are fumbles. One of them was Patrick Mahomes throwing a no-look pass that went off his receiver's hands was picked off. The other one was him. Uh, well, he had 
Everett Solaire fumbled, the receiver fumbled, then he also threw that interception against pressure going off his back foot. You know, and like that's what, what the problem has been. But they had six turnovers and their two losses, and it's how many turnovers can Buffalo force? You know, you have to force at least two or three to have a shot against Kansas City as well. And Buffalo's had the best defense in football to start the year, uh, statistically. But they've played Pittsburgh, Miami, Washington, and Houston, though. Not really big offensive scoring teams there. Washington? So, oh, what do you mean Washington? <laughs> but to when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, that's where if Patrick Mahomes pulls this out once again, it's going to do a number on the Bills' head. And they shouldn't pull this out. And that's kind of the thing. I just well, can't they're, really... they're at home, though. I mean, I think Kansas City should win. You know, this is a game. Yeah, this is a game that Kansas City should should win. Disagree entirely. And it's because this is the Bills. This is what we have talked about. If Buffalo with... is at home, it'd be different. But since Kansas City yeah. is at home, I don't, I, don't, I don't think of it as that at all whatsoever. Matt, you got to be able to go on the road and win a big game. This is the big game to win on the road. That's all this comes down to me. I want to be able to see the MVP. This is, I pick you to I, be the I mean, MVP. I guess so. It's still week five, yes. you know? Like you yes. can still do in the playoffs if you don't do it week five. And also, this is a more important game for Kansas City than Buffalo because Kansas City is playing a division with three teams that are three and one. Buffalo already has this division locked up. I agree. I agree with that entirely. Kansas City, that's what I mean, though, is that they are playing for a lot more than what the Bills are, but the Bills should still be coming into this as, like, hyped. I mean, this should be yeah, like a Yeah, of course. Play- of course action. it is. Yeah, it should feel like that, and it's going to feel like that. I just mean, like, I don't have – if Buffalo loses by 10 points, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's it for this year at all. You know, they have an easy schedule. They play Tennessee, Miami, Jacksonville, the Jets, the Colts, Saints, Patriots, Bucks, Panthers, Patriots, Falcons, Jets. They should win I- 13 games still. Still completely agree. I'm not saying going that far where they should then be done. It's just, man, that's psyche. I mean, this is like all about if you're seeing that team in the end of the playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs are then going to be able to be confident versus the Buffalo Bills who are still looking yeah, up but to they're, and But they're confident against any team they play, though. You know? I need the Bills like to they have to, that. They have to at least play them tough, I guess. It matters they play them tough at a minimum, if you're going to say it like oh. that. I'll put it this way. Let me let me do the comparison because it's already happened this year with another AFC team. Cleveland Browns. You can't go into the game playing like how the Cleveland Browns did in Kansas City. And that's just because with Kansas City pulling that game out, they don't have the better team. Them pulling that out, you're still being that little sister. I need Buffalo Bills to pull this game out. This is the time. This is where you're really putting your marks. But I, but I think Cleveland I don't think Cleveland felt terrible losing that game in a way. Because they outplayed them. They just had their punter <laughs> drop a punt, you know. And that was kind of the difference in that one. But I think like, they had to at least play them tough, though. And they need to something here. This is a big game for me. Even though I agree that the division is locked up for Buffalo, so it's not really playing for a lot overall, I still think they need to believe that this is a must-win. Yeah. You, you need to set something. You need to be able to put a mark. Because the teams they beat, come on, it's not very impressive. Well, it's being it's being those teams by the point totals they did. They're impressive. Because great I'm teams still, beat bad teams by a lot of points, you know. I'm still not going that. Is that why Dallas Cowboys are so good? That's why they're better than what you know they thought they were going to be after they won the last two weeks like they did. Those sort of things are important, you know. I know. That's why they're better than the Buffalo Bills. No, they aren't. 
I just wanted to see your face. The, la- you the, la- the last time you said this, Buffalo beat him by like 28 points on Thanksgiving. That was Thanksgiving. We lose yeah. everything. And that's what game. you're saying. Oh, Dallas is better. They're not that Dallas good. Josh that's Allen so- sucks, and they lose by 28 at home on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't. Uh, well, I think with the other thing, too, it's like Buffalo has to get front four pass rush. Ed Oliver's been great. Starlu Tulay's been awesome in the run game. Their linebacker play is awesome. Uh, Matt Malone's a great blitzer. I don't know if he's going to play or not yet this year, but or this week. AJ Klein's been like more than comp enough to fill in. But their edge rushers are Epineza. It's Mario Addison. It's Jerry Hughes. They're two rookies. You know, Bashman Rousseau. And the Chiefs don't. They can't pass protect at right tackle. And Yang. His name's like I N I A N G. He can't pass protect at all. He's fat. He's slow. And they have to get pressure from that spot. And then they have to blitz on the interior, create quick pressure to try to get Mahomes a mistake. But I think like, I think 150 yards from Daniel Sanders is in play. They have to get at least two turnovers. And if they get two turns, they'll win this game. Um, so I'm going to go Buffalo 35, Kansas City 32. What's the point spread? Two and a half point Kansas City favorites at home. All right. They're the underdogs. I... Nobody believes in them. So I'm going to say this. Josh Allen is still not MVP. I have to go against you, and it's because I want to be wrong, but I think I may be right. Kansas City's going to win this game, and I have them at 38. I have the Buffalo Bills at 30. That's fair. I mean, I, 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 I kind of think Kansas City is going to win, but I can't they pick have- Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're going to win, but I can't pick them. I have to pick Buffalo. And- You're all wrong. So I think kind of works here, and that's why I think that Kansas City is going to win. Matt, this is a must-win for Kansas City. Kansas City has to win every single game versus Buffalo. Man, you can go on easy street at any time. They can't, though, because they don't have the talent. Like, that's the kind of hard part for Mahomes right now is that teams are taking with their deep passes. They're having to play like these long manufactured drives, and they can't take the foot off the pedal because their team's bad. Their roster's bad. And that's what I was talking about entering this year. Their team's not that good this year. And going all in the offensive line doesn't matter all that much. And that's what we've seen so far this year. Yeah, their offense is great for three players. Yeah, I well, I'm just saying their offensive line still hasn't impressed me. They've been it putting hasn't. all that in there overall. It hasn't. It's fine. You know? It's pretty good. Yeah. But it's not like top eight, top seven or anything like that where I'm like tipping my hat to it saying you're protecting him like crazy. But that's what I mean. Buffalo has the better team top to bottom. You need to win this game. If you don't, I'm not as confident, man. I need you to win this. I'm picking against you, so prove me wrong. I'm always wrong. Yeah, well, I still think the key really is for them just getting the one seed and being at home in the postseason. Like, really, that's kind of the key. That's a big thing, especially in December in the cold, man. We're going to be throwing snow up in the air when we're doing a live show. <gasps> yeah, and especially these quarterbacks who don't have the same level of arm strength as Allen, who have problems like throwing the wind and stuff, you know. Like Mahomes can't, Herbert can't, Baker can't, you know. And so it's like, how do you – Those are that's kind of the difference, I think. And one of the reasons why I thought they dropped it, Allen, that made sense is because of his arm strength. He can throw outside, unlike some of these other quarterbacks too. Um, Baker's terrible. He's I've not fine. Been... He's like, he's like Man, the, he's like the fourteenth best quarterback. Exactly, but I don't know what it is. But something's not right with him. He's I just fine. Think I... He's okay. Cleveland's not going to do anything again, and it's because he's not going to win them the game. He's not. No, I don't think he's ever won a game. 
Okay. So you even, but that's a little disappointing, don't you think? I mean, it's, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they don't give him a long-term extension. They That'd will. be interesting. Maybe not. They have to. They'll give them at least like three years. I'll put it to you that way. Maybe not. Like a Kirk Cousin contract for three years. Ugh. All right. Well, so to recap here, I want to check Baker Mayfield's game-winning drives in his career. Um, but to recap, no. I have... So to recap here, I have New England 20, Houston 6. You have New England 17-12. I have Arizona 30, San Francisco 20. You have Arizona 32-17. I have Dallas 34, the Giants 20. You have Dallas 35-27. I have Buffalo 35, Kansas City 32. And you have Kansas City 30 winning uh, to... to thir- you have Kansas City 38, Buffalo 30. So, we have our, our locks and upsets. And, like, look, our our actual records this year are going to be distorted by the locks and upsets, but it makes something a little bit more fun. adds a twist to it. So, my lock for this week is, ba- is Baltimore plus seven against the Colts. The Colts suck. Uh, I'm now, I, I hate the Colts and they suck. You can keep throwing that in my face all you want because, yeah, Indianapolis Colts are garbage. Like, really garbage. I was reading uh, some like, ups- ESPN. They're like, I think the Colts could. I think Frank Wright can turn us well. He's not that good. Chris Ballard's not that good. You've just been overrating him for three years that you're that you're buying this narrative that you self fabricated. They keep wanting to hope something so that then they're proven right in the end. But again, I'm already going to throw my hat in. I'm done. That is not a good team whatsoever. Something's wrong there. All right, my upset. I gotta go. Was I want it? your lock first. Well, I want your lock first. Oh, my lock is Panthers over Eagles. All right, so you have you have Carolina plus or Carolina four and four point favorites. Yeah, I, that's easily my lock this week, and especially after adding Stephon Gilmore, it's my lock for sure. Um, so Baker, he has six fourth quarter comebacks in his career and seven game winning drives. He had four his rookie year, one in two thousand nineteen, and two. Four, in th- yeah, you don't remember that. They won like well, no, he had like four same. close games. They won. That's his whole stat line. Is yeah, that yeah. Part. Good lord! And that's why they kept Freddie Kitchens around for the next year. Um, so my upset pick of the week, I'm going Denver plus one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care if Drew Lock starting. Roethlisberger may get picked off five times in that game. Oh my God, Drew Locke is going to be so bad. It's going to be so terrible to watch. That's going to be the worst quarterback matchup of the year if Drew Locke (laughs) starts. And you know he's like, you got it, Drew. This is your chance to to shine. This is your time, baby. What's the Jaguars and Titans spread? Uh, Jaguars, Titans. I think Titans, four and a half. Oh my God. I don't really... You know what? Ugh. What do I want? What do I want? You know what? What's Saints in Washington? Um, Saints Washington. The Saints are one point favorites. You already said you're gonna do your upsets gonna be Jets three and a half against Atlanta. Oh yeah, then I'll take that for sure. I was just wanting it to be suspenseful for summer. Oh, that's where they set the top. I didn't read my notes properly. All right, yeah, I got the Jets and the Falcons, baby. And that's a that's a London game too. And yeah, that's why I have Wilson. Wilson's going to be the new Bortles. 
He's going to be the new London man. Oh, you think so? He looks more like a London guy than Bortles did. Exactly why I'm saying that Wilson is my London guy. He's going to be seeing Cheerio, mate, after destroying the Falcons. Well, I guess Lawrence will become the London guy because they play in, in London once a year. Jacksonville does. The Jaguars. The Jaguars. I can't believe that Wilson is – Wilson's going to destroy it. Him and Corey Davis all day long, baby. Corey love, Davis targets four catches. I love how Cordell Patterson is the, like – the what John Smith, what Arthur Smith wanted John Smith to fully be. Cordell Patterson is John Smith in his fully realized form. That's the one thing about Atlanta. At least they found something special. I love that. Like he, he is just insane. And the fact that he is just producing on every side of the ball when it comes to just running or with receiving, it's really impressive how he is playing. Yeah. I love watching him. It's cool. Just it, like watching like a pure athlete have the success that he's had. So, I guess that's our show for tonight. We'll be back on Sunday evening sometime to talk about the Texans Patriots. You won't be there, but you'll be here again next week. Um, anything else you're looking forward to this Sunday for, for football time? No, uh, but in between your football time, you need to put on some squid games because everybody needs to learn how to be able to play a true game and to be able to survive. That is the one thing I'm going to just – Make sure everybody understands. Squid Games, watch it now. You'll love it. Okay. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to another way too long episode of Red Radio. And thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. Josh Allen better win this game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I thought that was pretty good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.